<laughs> like, honestly, guys, you know how much I, like, hate to dislike songs because I just, like, don't, like, say bad things. Bring the fire, Kelly. Well, like, that's the thing, though. I don't have fire. Welcome to the Mosh Pit Podcast. I am Michelle, joined by my co-hosts, Brianne and Kelly. So we're deepish, deepish, like kind of deep, but like we're not like even halfway, so not fully deep. Anyways, into the year of 2021. We're a quarter, no, but, we're a third. Sorry, I'm doing math in my head. Fourth month, we're a third way through. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, we're... We're a third of the way through, but we are still dealing with all those bad times of 2020. But we are surviving on the verge, the verge of thriving. Because we have some dope ass motherfucking content coming your way. Y'all don't even know. Don't even know. But you will know that for today's dope ass content... We are going to be doing one of our signature track-by-track reviews because it is Let the Bad Times Roll Day. And this has been a long time coming. The Offspring have not released music in nine years. Nine years! Guys, what were we even doing nine years ago? Does anybody know the year? What a question. 2011? no we were 2012 yeah we were 21 we, brie about to turn 21 we were still in college with kelly and we were all in the same state <laughs> so that's what i miss we were i was about to turn 21 so that's fun <laughs> i was about mm-hmm. to be able to drink legally um i was about to say i'm like mm-hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah let me, let me think yeah. where i was nine years ago so either a sophomore in college and probably had an entire bottle of Pear Arbor Mist in my hand um, because that's who I was my sophomore year of college. That You're was, you know, that's where I was at. I was in Italy, guys. I was studying abroad in Florence. I was getting drunk legally, but in another country. <laughs> <laughs> and stumbl- trying not to roll an ankle, stumbling down the streets of Florence on cobblestone and heels because I was that dumb bitch. I lasted until two weeks before I flew home, though, to roll my ankle. I was impressed with myself, because I don't do well in heels normally. If Never you're mind. too drunk to walk along the streets of cobblestone, you know Boston never drinks alone. Transit, anybody? No? Yes. Yes, I love that song. Young New England. Great song. It is a great song. But we're going to be talking about other great songs today, because, uh, you know, we're talking about The Offspring. But first... As always, music news! Alright, first piece of music news today is the main, of course. (laughs) Surprise. Well, it's not all-time low. 
I, let's, you know, I don't think we have yeah. all-time low music news today, so what a I was, tragedy. I was, literally about to, I was literally about to add some. Oh, well. <laughs> Never mind. Can't, li- can't live without it. Uh, all right, so The Main has released a music video for April 7th, their latest single off of their upcoming album, XOXO, from Love and, Love and, and Anxiety in Real Time. And it was a it was a nice music, like really well produced music video. It was almost like a short film. It kind of felt like it, those are my um, favorite types of music videos. Yeah, it really was like a, a a little short film, and it it was focused around the seven stages of love. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. I did not watch this. I feel like I need to because I feel like that's very interesting. I feel like that's up both of your alleys, so you should probably watch it. Yeah, what are the seven stages of love? I was literally about to ask. I'm like, I know there's gr- stages of grief. I, I feel like we learned this in our interpersonal communication class in college. Like, remember we learned all those different, like, oh, maybe it was the different types of love, not the different stages of love. Like Either agape way, uh, and eros. Uh, <laughs> anyways, regardless of what we did Sorry. or did not learn, all I know is that we did not learn much in that class, period. So the order is attraction, infatuation love trust mm-hmm. i don't know if i agree with that order i can't love someone until i trust them worship oh madness worship i think they made yeah. these up number six is madness and <laughs> no, seven that makes is sense. devotion i don't know if they made these up or if this is like an official thing unsure yeah either way the main is bible so i believe them i felt like worship <laughs> and madness should be like at the end of it no because that's when like yeah, they are. it all ends no, but devotion's the last, and I feel like that's a good one. But, like, worship and madness are, like, bad. And, like, th- those lead oh, to, like, breakups. Oh, oh. oh as in, like, the right, back half the this is true arc. love. It stays, because you're devoted. This is where you get the ring at the end. This is a love story. Not a breakup story. Baby, baby, just say yes. Sorry, I had to. I was going to do the same thing, Brianne. Oh, she just re-recorded her new stuff. I'm sorry. I needed to throw some T-Swift in there. I, yo, to- besides Let the Bad Times Roll, I have had Fearless Taylor's version on repeat oh, as well. Just saying. Same, though. Okay, back to, back to the main. Was good. You should watch. <laughs> Kelly's stamp of approval. So, talking about love and feelings, you know, I think one of the, like, big staples of a relationship whether it it's good okay hold on let me kind of rephrase no. it because i don't know i wouldn't say stereotypes there's like, no good way to do this i don't care yeah, okay, if you're so, gonna die together in your arms like notebook style in your 90s there's no good reason to do what they did so travis barker got courtney kardashian's name tattooed on his back and i was gonna say like it's a staple of like every bad relationship but i don't want to put that on them we don't know their relationship i don't want to judge them but like that's just it's just a bad sign to me if you get your significant other's name tattooed on you it's it's a bad sign man like no hot take he did this because he has so many fucking tattoos what's another one and she was dealing with all this unedited photo bullshit drama circling so maybe they were trying to like distract. I was about to ask about her drama, but I really don't I care. I think Travis just did what he wanted to do. I- <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's happy, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Anywho. Next in very important and breaking music news, there are <laughs> pop punk workout videos that now exist. 
So get ready to, you know, get your summer bod for hopefully concerts upcoming. Um, I honestly at first thought this was an April Fool's joke because I first saw it on, I first saw an ad for it on April Fool's. So I, I literally thought this was a joke, but I don't think and then, that like, it is. like two days later, I'm like, guys, I'm like, guys, this is a thing. This is real. This is legit. Cardiosport.net has has workout videos with bands like featuring our our bands they one of the one i saw an ad for was for state champs they also have done workouts with mayday parade yellow card four year strong census fail red jumpsuit apparatus silverstein the list goes on there's tons of different on-demand and live workout videos featuring bands it is kind of wild to me to think about and there is also a seven day free trial so I feel like the three of us need to sign up for the trial at the same time and then do the state champs workout together via Skype oh I'm so down because this is absolutely the motivation I needed to actually work out because I work out for a day and then I'm like uh, but it was like so hard. But like, if I'm rocking, and then I got all like, stinky. Yeah, if I'm like working out, you know, going hard with like my boys and state champs, because you know, obviously we're besties. <laughs> no. Um, I would totally work out more if I could like. And is the music part of it too? Like, am I listening to state champs while so. working out with state champs? I think so. So. I don't actually know if you're quote unquote working out with state champs. I think it's just the music. The main reason, I've seen them in the videos though, the trailers. So so it depends on the band. Like I know that there's a video of the lead singer of Yellow Card and it's like a split screen between him rocking out to his own music and then like what you're supposed to do in the video. So this company started out as like a sports like workout thing so you need like a soccer ball or a basketball and like that's their like main platform but then they evolved from having like professional athletes come in and do their workouts to like bands and then the music is expanding i'm pretty sure right now the only ones who've actually recorded stuff is state champs and yellow card but it says upcoming is like a lot of the other ones so we'll see how it goes but i don't necessarily know that every band is actually going to be in the videos i know for sure that at least state champs and yellow card are so we'll see well that that's enough for me right I feel like we should give it, like, another month just to see what other... Because right now I think there's only eight videos of, like, the music side of things rather than the sports side. And you get both when you subscribe. But um, I think we give it another, another month for them to pop out a couple more music videos. And then we, we regroup and we report on if it's good or not next month. Yes. Yes. Good plan. Good plan, Brienne. You know what's a bad plan? And we're just going to have to let the bad plan roll. Uh... My Chemical Romance postponed their 2021 tour. We were just talking about tours. Um, not having postponed yet. But My Chemical Romance once again postpones theirs. Um, even though, yeah, no, they had theirs. Um, so um, I think they're postponing it till next year. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing hopes for the music scene and live concerts and all of that but we're also seeing these very big disappointments i appreciate the fact that in their announcement they said flat out like we're super disappointed but at the same time we want to keep everyone safe and that refunds will be given to anyone who wants them because there are yeah a lot of, and like, that's the way they should do it venues well that, yeah and it, but there's been a ton of venues that are like nope sorry 
You bought the ticket, you just get the new date. Yeah, which to be fair, I understand. Because... For smaller for smaller venues, I understand. Oh, yeah. But it's like a huge fucking amphitheater. Now you can go fuck right off. Yeah, though, like Live Nation and all that bullshit. Yeah, they can go fuck yeah. right off. But I do understand where a lot of venues, a lot of uh, bands, promoters, like they're, they, they were supposed to make money off of this. So if they officially cancel and have to refund, it's, it's, it's going to make a bad situation even worse for these people. But... Yeah, yeah, I do uh, appreciate a band that is thinking of their fans. So I know that we said no all-time low news. I have two very, very quick, very small all-time low news things. Because um, we can't not talk about them. Uh, yeah, I cannot. I'm sorry. I'm that person. Um, all-time low recently was featured in a TikTok ad for the hashtag it was never a phase uh, TikTok sensation on their their platform um, for Dear Maria. And... It kind it's it's funny because they you know they show a montage of all the different people singing it and then it cuts to Jack and Alex in the car singing it and then at the end it does a split screen between Jack and Alex and I'm pretty sure the girl who claims to be Maria and then underneath it says this one's for you Maria so I think oh I didn't like, watch till the end yeah, oh that. yeah they validate the random ass Tic Tac girl who's like. I was the inspiration behind Dear Maria. Mar, mar, mar. Yeah, and it's yeah. like... Well, that 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 seals it then. Case closed. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, can I just say that um, the duet that All Time Low does with them, with the, the oh, TikTok yeah, with the about it, it, Alex is wearing the same thing. I know. I know. <laughs> As he is in, also, the, in the car video. Also, the stitch that they put together cuts out that ending scene with the girl. It does. Who- yeah. yeah. Oh, and I see it now. It's because I only watched the duet. That's why. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So they. I guess that that's a confirmation on Maria. That looks... I, I mean, so. TikTok wouldn't post it if it wasn't true. So... There's only truth been, on the internet. Only. Only. So that's one little uh, all-time low note. And then uh, also recently, Matt Kutzel... Schutzel, I don't know what the fuck his last name is. You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, he posted another version of Emo is Not Dead, where uh, it was featuring All Time Low, specifically Alex and Jack, and he talks about how he would always take his underwear off and throw it on stage, aka just like every girl who would take her bra off, or like the smart girls would bring a spare bra <laughs> and throw it up on stage uh, for Jack's microphone stand. And uh, it's quite funny. Um, they're definitely not actually in the same physical space because you don't actually see them together. But at the same time, I appreciate as a filmmaker the fact that they were able to make it look so similar. But, you know, it was was good. I was a fan. So, yeah, go check that out on... Yeah, I really liked that. Because it was... And it was hilarious because it was like he, like, flung his underwear at them like he says he used to do. And Alex is like, oh, it got me in the mouth. Roll up the window. Well, I love That's how great. they're like, he's like, oh, no, he's doing it. His 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 cock is just out. And he's like, I can't <laughs> roll up the window. And of all people, Jack is the one with the logic. He's like, dude, the car isn't on. You need to start the car in order to roll up the windows. And Alex is like, it won't work. And normally, like, I Jack can't is do like it. one. Cool. On to new songs. Let's talk about music. So... We Were Sharks has released another single. It's called Over This. 
and it is one of the songs on their upcoming album called New Low, and they also announced they will be doing a visual album experience that will be released on April 30th, and that's a month before the actual release date, so that's pretty huge, and you can buy early bird tickets now for just $5, so definitely get in on that so you can listen to the album early. Um, but Over This is available right now, and it is an immediate bop to me. It is just like, oh my god, the chorus is just catchy as hell, and it's fun to yell, and yes, I just rhymed. Um, that's what this song does to me. We love it. It's like, uh, I don't know, the echoiness in the verses is awesome. And, you know, I think all three of us hate petty shit. And there's a line that says, I'm pretty sick of all this petty shit. And it just resonates real hard. And <laughs> it's just safe to say I am hyped for this album. Um, I would say I don't like petty shit directed at me, but I love being petty. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone being petty with me, but, like, we can all be petty together about other other people. Exactly. That's acceptable. The start of the song with that, like, solo guitar and then the yell at the beginning is, like, such a great way to, like, kick off the start of the song. Like, so tasty. Nom, 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 nom. And then, like, the song just, like, continues to be, like, amazingly pace-wise, like, throughout they bring you up, they bring you down, they drop out the music during the bridge. It's like I'm on a wild ride with this one. And, like, the ending acoustic vocals were just, like, so great. Like, no notes. So, um, it took me forever to get through this song. Because for a good 15 to 20 minutes, I was hyper fixated on literally five seconds of the song from 16 seconds to 21 seconds because it reminded me of something and I could not figure it out for the life of me like I got this very intense slap in the face of this is something you've heard before and it was very strong feelings like you know that it was something similar to songs I was listening to circa 2015 all of my feels about dumb boys and that's the thing I the feeling that I got it, I instantly knew 2015 this this reminds me of something from 2015. I just listened uh, so I and I, I just listened and it definitely like triggers something. Yeah. Triggers yeah. something. So there's I, a lot I just of don't know what. There's a lot of songs on this new song playlist that I was just like, what the fuck does this sound like? There's a lot of those. Right. Yeah. So I replayed these five seconds. I literally don't know how many times to compare it to a variety of songs. Um, from Hit the Lights, Broadside with Confidence, and even Chainsmokers. And I think Closer kind of came close, but I wasn't able to really put my finger on it. So I moved on, hoping it would eventually come to me because I didn't want to, like, wither away due to earworm flashback cranial overexertion syndrome, which is a real <laughs> syndrome, by the way. Look <laughs> it up. Um, Are you kidding me? You actually searched this this term? No, I'm just kidding. It's really not real. Oh. <laughs> Kelly! <laughs> I'm literally the most gullible person on the planet. Yeah. It just sounded so real. You sound like a scientist. I'm a scientist doctor person. <laughs> That's me. I'm, you know, I'm a pop punk scientist. <laughs> doctor person. You can't forget yeah, the doctor forget person forget part. The second, second half of your Obviously. Title. Exactly. Um, oh, God, but so 
I moved on. I was writing notes about the song, uh, which I agree with you guys, absolute banger. And I got further into it, so it was still driving me nuts, and I, I, I couldn't I couldn't really enjoy the song. Um, so I went into all my liked songs and sorted oh by God. date added, and I found Moose Blood around 2015, which is coincidentally when I found We Were Sharks. And it reminded me of Honey by Moose Blood. All of that to get to this. And it was it, like, I just had to take you guys through that journey because it was a journey for me. What the fuck is a moose blood? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, seed grandma. Like my grandma, seed my seed grandma. grandma is showing, but the fuck is that? Actually, Brie, I think you would like moose blood a lot. So now that that mystery was solved, I, I was actually able to enjoy the song. And like I said, fucking great. I loved it. Definitely a bop. I obsessed over that intro. And, you know, not only does it drop in fantastically with that scream, but then kelly like you said that line i'm pretty sick of all this petty shit and it like goes and then just bam chorus and uh it just really nailed all those build-ups and then yes. they always paid off they that's literally always was. paid off that's what that's what the hype mm-hmm. of this song was like you totally nailed that it was like all of this like hype and build up to the chorus and then the, it actually paid off from the chorus yeah and just i can before that last chorus the guitar solo Oh, so good. Major heart eyes. So I, too, Kelly, am stoked as fuck for this album. Can't wait. Like, I cannot wait. April 30th for me. I bought my ticket today. Like, a good little fan that I am (laughs) purchased my ticket. All right. Next, we've got Be Kind Rewind by I Call Fives, and I liked this one a lot. It definitely had late 2000s pop punk energy to me, and that is my pretty much all-time favorite, so I'm really into it. It show really showcases like guitar, drums, vocals that are so signature to a good pop punk band, in my opinion. It's, um, it's really upbeat, definitely fun to jam and sing along to. Um, and you know, I also, I also like a wholesome message of you don't have to be an asshole. And the one thing we have control over is how we treat each other. So just be nice. Thank you. That's it. That's all I got. (laughs) I mean, it is a good message. And I, I, I always like songs that like tell people like, I don't want to, I don't want to be an asshole. You don't, you shouldn't be an asshole. Like, you know, like the Menzinger song, I don't want to be an asshole anymore. Yeah. Great song. Uh, but yeah, so I call fives. Musically, totally agree, Kelly. It's definitely got those late 2000s pop punk vibes um, because it's kind of like if you had Reliant K with their like Christian rock and it was a little harder and then you added a little Mayday Parade, Jamie all over pop punk spice. That's kind of what I felt with this song. And it was... Ooh phenomenal it was a good little stew um a stew <laughs> but uh yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it so the song was a blast from the past for sure from the name of the bands i like i call fives to the name of the song be kind rewind like those are some 90s fucking phrases right there and then music itself being pulled oh back in. wait did you just have an epiphany on the Be Kind Rewind No, the Be thing? Kind Rewind, that, no, the Be Kind though. Rewind, like, 
I knew that. The I call fives didn't register until just now. And I literally always was calling fives because I would get <laughs> so, really pissed when people took my seat. I was like Sheldon Cooper fact, in Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, my God. Fun fact, I had never heard the, the phrase fives until college. We didn't call it that where I was from. Like, it was like... Um, dibs. I forget what we used to say. Dibs. Yeah, it was dibs. Yeah. It was never fives. It was dibs. Well, it was fives because it was like, I have five minutes to return to my seat before you can take it. Which was explained to me in college because someone called fives and took their seat. And I did not understand what the big fucking deal was. I'm like, you didn't call dibs, bitch. And then <laughs> the conversation <laughs> continued. Um, <laughs> anyways. But, so, I mean... I completely, 100% agree with you guys. Like, it's early 2000s, pop punk, perfect energy. But it even starts, even before the music starts playing, when you just see both of those names next to each other, it's like, okay, this is going to be some good nostalgia, like, serotonin to my brain. And it did not disappoint. Only thing I have a little bit of an issue with is that there was that point where they brought in the acoustic guitar and they dropped out everything else. And I was like... Yeah, stay with this for like a line of, of like the song and that's it. And it lasted like maybe a word or two and then it jumped right back into the hard guitar and whatnot. And I was like a little disappointed. I felt like it was a little bit of a dick tease. Like I wanted I wanted a tiny bit more of that and then you can go back to your hard guitar. I just I was I was a little disappointed, I was a little sad. Otherwise though, great great song. Just that one little gripe. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big thing to gripe over. It's not a big catastrophe, Look at Brianne. She was just kind and rewinded, re- rewound what she there said. And said something nicer. Look at us. We're putting it into practice. <laughs> but yes, Michelle, it was not a complete catastrophe. Uh, speaking of which, the next song, we've got Royals, Worldwide Catastrophe. Um so for once in my life, I was actually trying to be a good co-host. I was trying to help find new music because usually I just show up and I'm like, teach me things. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, for once, uh, Slayton was outside grilling dinner and I was inside cooking a bunch of other stuff like sides and whatnot. And so since we were separated and I didn't feel bad blasting my type of music, uh, I put on the... Crap, what's the name of the playlist that you guys always tell me to listen to? The Pop Punk's Not, Pop Punk's dead. not dead. No, not that one. Release it Radar. Was like, um, that's the one. Release Radar. And I think because I've been listening to so much Pop Punk because of, like, the podcast, it, like, was basically all that and then, like, just the Taylor Swift <laughs> re-records. <laughs> like, that was the only things that were on this playlist. But this was one of the songs that came on uh, the playlist and I was literally, like dancing around my kitchen like (laughs) I was just like oh okay like when the bridge comes in like super quiet and it's just the drums and it just like hit me so hard I was like having such a great time rocking out and then Slayton came in from grilling and just started laughing at me (laughs) because I was by myself rocking out in the kitchen but uh how dare he you were probably super cute I know but yes, uh, it is a bop, and I was very, very pleased with it. I agree. I th- also think it's a bop. I think what I the thing I really liked about this song was the like simplified, sparse drums and guitar and the verses, and then like 
with the the vocals being like so passionate, it like just really mm-hmm. made the the vocals and the and the lyrics more of a focus. Um, and then, but then the chorus comes in, and it's a nice little explosion chorus. It's boppy as all heck. And then this sweet little bridge comes in that just like pulls you back in if you're like kind of tuning out and just like bopping along and listening. The the bridge just kind of like pulls you back in and makes you listen. But this is the first song I've heard from Royals, and I like it. Yeah, me too. I have not heard them before, but this was a super catchy song. Like, the vocals were phenomenal, and the backup vocals, like, added an extra lovely little something to it. It was just like a little, ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a little sprinkle? <laughs> a little sprinkle. And, um, you know, it's everything like you guys. Bay. Yeah, it's like Salt Bay. Um, but yeah, everything you guys said um, about it is just on point. And then I, I absolutely love the message of the song, like, you know, about trying to fix this world that we fucking live in. Um, and, you know, we've been all about hope and happiness lately, so I'm all for this. A plus. Another A plus for me, Amber Pacific. Uh, they did a cover of Right Here Waiting by, I think it's Richard Marks. And... Um, when I saw this on the list, I nearly passed out because <laughs> Amber Pacific loves to disappear on me and yes, on me um, specifically. Um, they do it to hurt me. Um, no, but, uh, you know, they disappear and then I think they're done. And then all of a sudden they start posting on social media or they release a song and I start to geek out waiting for a new album or touring. And, you know, I'm still waiting for <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, are consi- you are you right here waiting? I am right here waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know considering they're like my og favorite band i have never seen them live and that thought makes me want to cry so i do need them to actually release music and go tour uh anyway about this song this cover that they've released uh, i know it's a cover but they made the song so very much their own that if you did not know it was a cover, it would absolutely be believable that it's an Amber Pacific song. Because a lot of covers, even if you don't know the original song, like sometimes something's off about it that it doesn't sound like the band that you know. So you you can like almost figure it out that it's a cover, right? But this was undeniably just Amber Pacific. Like they have just so many specific sounds that are unmistakably Amber Pacific. Like the vocals, obviously, but then the constant like fast guitars and drums that just never let up. And then, you know, they as they play around with the melody, they just kind of keep that pace and it's just going and going and going. So so impressive i loved it and then the bridge and the guitar solo and the vocal crescendo at the end it's all just so very amber pacific and i cannot get over it like this version of right here waiting could have been on their album truth and sincerity and it absolutely would have fit i love them i miss them and this made me happy and i want them to put new music out like their music i need it now 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 kelly it's all you I okay I miss Amber Pacific I like really want them to come back with their own original music I so most of okay so this might be where the the disconnect is because my favorite Amber Pacific is uh the turn ah that's when I found them and that's what what I like of theirs. so that's probably like where the disconnect is but I didn't 
uh, the drums just like didn't sit with me it made me like really anxious I love like I don't I need to probably go back and listen to older Amber Pacific but oh, absolutely the turn is not their best stuff you need to listen to uh, poetically pathetic and truth and sincerity so phenomenal yeah I definitely do need to do that but I just I wasn't a super big fan of this cover I don't know it to me it was well, just kind of like there and I I don't know you're wrong and Brianna before you even say a word you're already wrong too it's okay I accept it so I again I I for once I actually have listened to Amber Pacific before guys shock and awe um but it was one of those things like i had like specific songs like they weren't a band i listened to the entire album of so i didn't remember what album i had songs from so i actually just checked my phone because i'm that person who still has my entire itunes probably poetically pathetic is it poetically pathetic and gone so young because i'm sure it is i have four i have four songs on there michelle you have how what ones you guess poetically pathetic i said gone so young yep two more and that's one from this album Okay, the sky could fall tonight. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. And then off of truth and sincerity, I fall know back that into my one. Life. Sorry, I would just played poetically pathetic. I know that one. I like that one a lot, but I still don't feel like I agree. This cover is this this yeah no. So when I saw that this cover was up on our list, I love the original of the song. So I was very concerned, like I am anytime you listen to a cover of a song that I love, and I feel like when we listen to covers I try really hard to separate it from the original and even though I was able to separate it from the original it wasn't in a good way um I love them but like I feel like the double beat was perfect for the verses it worked really well the timing was great but when it got to the chorus it didn't match up and there was like parts in the song where the double beat goes away like i think it was like the pre-chorus and it sounds good and i'm just like you need to keep that and like go through the verse or the chorus and then come back to the double beats in the verse and it would have been perfect i would have had no notes but like the double beat during the chorus just made me so anxious it didn't match up to the actual tone like melody of the song it just i was a little sad to be quite honest but yeah. You're still wrong. Only. <laughs> and we still need some new original Amber Pacific. Yes. True. Yes, we need that yes. more than anything. More than anything. Yes. Guess who else is uh, releasing some new original content who? that I haven't heard from for decades? Tell us. I actually don't know decades, but still. Um, so AFI, flash from my fucking childhood, uh, released a song called... Okay, does anyone know how to pronounce this? Dulceria? Dulceria. 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 Okay, I don't have that kind of accent, but what Michelle said. Um, So apparently this is one of two singles they released in anticipation of their new upcoming album, Bodies. What? What? Nonsense. Okay, so AFI, the last time I listened to this band was like, it's been a minute. Like... The last songs that I listened to from them were, like, Miss Murder and, like, Love Like Winter. Yeah, those were the last two I think I listened to. Which was from 2006. Like, it's been a minute. So, uh, and this is a complete 180 
from that kind of music. Like, it is not a, if, so if you love that, this probably won't be your thing. And I don't know what kind of genre this is. Like, I know we talk about how genre is a construct, but like, I don't even know how to like, I could list like seven different kinds of genres and it wouldn't work. The closest I got was like indie slash like 1970s rock, like, like, I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting and it's definitely worth a listen, but it's, it's very long. So just be aware of that. It gets, it gets monotonous after a while. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It was, it was a little long for me. A five minute song is a little much for my attention span these days, but I was, I was actually really into the intro with like the steady, slow drum beat and the slow guitar strums. Like I thought that set the song up really well and you know following that it's pretty mellow and like alternative throughout but I mean it's a vibe I've never been I just like never really been super into AFI the only song I know of theirs is Miss Murder but I mean there's something about this I like I just like I I can't put my finger on it I don't know what it is but like I kind of liked it (laughs) yeah I liked it too uh, it's a good song, great lyrics, uh, which, by the way, it was co-written by Billy Corgan, the Smashing Pumpkin singer. So huh. cool little... Interesting. Yeah, cool little fun fact. Um, anyway, I, like, uh, I really enjoyed it, but I feel like I have to be, like, in a particular mood for this song. Um, yeah. Like, I, I would definitely listen to it again. It's just, I gotta be in that right mood. Like, the it's like the speakeasy lounge vibes mood. Like, I, when I was listening to this song, I pictured myself sitting in this, like, large, like, wraparound red leather booth in, like, this dimly lit, kind of smoky basement bar lounge, reminiscent of the style of the Roaring Twenties. Like, you know, like, the kind of bar that tries so hard to be, like, on theme that the bartenders have newsy vibes. So, yep. And was I describing a real place? Yep, I was. Yeah, um, it's, it's in Jacksonville. I've, I've, it's in Jacksonville. I've been there. I, I was talking about a place in San Francisco, but yes, there's many of them. <laughs> um, but that's what this song felt like. It felt like they would be the live band playing at this place. Um, and that yeah. is very much a mood. <laughs> and I would need to be in that mood to listen to this. But it was a good song. And if you're an AFI fan, yeah, it might not be like really old school, which is what we know of AFI, but it's a, it's a vibe. A vibe Indeed. Indeed. We've also got a new song called Undertow from 408. And this was a new band for, I think, probably all of us. I do believe mm-hmm. so. I, I, found, I found them on TikTok. Oh my gosh, Brian coming in hot with a bunch of new music this I week. know, I did research yes. for once. We're guys. so proud I'm of so you, Brian. So Thank you, hot. I tried. Um, I, I liked the song. The beginning almost sounded um, like a little like spooky or somber, but then it hits and it's just, it, it's pretty good. And it, then it, once it hits, it feels almost like a little beachy to me. I don't know. Either way, it was really catchy and definitely had like a little bit of uniqueness to it. I love, um, this is another good use of echoey vocals. Like I talked about with the, um, We Were Sharks song, another like really good mm-hmm. echoey vocals feature mm-hmm. um and i really like um i'm reckless defenseless and it i'm losing my senses i just really like that and it was really catchy yeah. and um i thought the chorus was real good 
Yeah, that line's just a line that really flows well. Yeah, just it just sounds real great. Yeah, Agreed. and it's it, and you know the whole song just sounds great. It's just dope pop punk and uh, you know I, I I don't know exactly what it's called, but you know the little drum thing at the beginning that was kind of soft, almost acoustic, like as if the drummer was playing like on a thin hollow box. Loved that shit. It was it, like you hear it sometimes, like when they're trying to like kind of pull it back before they go hard. Uh, I loved it, and then there was just great variation all over the vocals, the singing, and the sh- and the, the the slight shouts, and uh, yeah, that chorus is a motherfucking catchy one. I'm a fan of this band, and I'm gonna go check out more of their stuff for sure. Um, so the like, there's like a point. I think it's in the first verse where there's like this weird echo screaming like underneath you know what i mean like there's the main Mm -hmm. vocalist singing the song and it's like almost like a subdued echo scream i don't know it was really cool um and it's also got some of like the best emo lyrics that i have heard in a very long time like specifically i'm i'm fine just by myself i lied i need some help like (laughs) so stereotypically emo but so good so to round out music news and this was a long music news between the new music and the music news per se uh, we've got uh, a new song by brave weather rose colored so we've talked about brave weather before we talked about their last song um black and white and i'm a big fan of their song play pretend so like i love this song i i literally have no notes as Brienne would say but I have to talk about the music video they play Edward Forty Hands and that brought me back to so many memories from college and it's just so on point for me because you know uh, the band said that the song is about like letting people or places go and you know as much as I look back on my time with rose colored glasses (laughs) and uh, you know there are times I wish I could go back to that time in my life you know being so carefree and whatever it's not my life anymore and i have let that time in my life and some of those people go and this that and um i think you know the music video in tandem with the song kind of really resonated that message and it was just it so good so good so i'm gonna say a little like sad um not necessarily something new to the song but you talking about like oh edward 40 hands and like whatever Every time I hear you and Kelly talk about the fun shit you guys did in college, I realize how fucking lame my time in college was. Like, never played Edward Forty Hands, never did a keg stand, never did any of that kind of shit. Like, well, the, now oh, we I have think to get them. ready. <laughs> I was Girl, literally like, you don't even know what I'm about to do to you. <laughs> Why would you admit this? When to I me? see you in like a year, like exactly, sure. we're we both vaccinated. A, I'm about to fly have a down there. Amount of time to plan all of this. But, like, I just, I think the most, like, crazy drinking, not even crazy drinking, it was, there wasn't even a lot of alcohol. It was more just, like, the weirdest drinking experience I had was at your graduation party, Michelle, when you guys were screaming your fucking sorority chants at me, and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) That was fun. That was fun. I mean, usually when when sorority girls scream at you, you just drink, and then that'll usually usually satisfy them. them. Anyways, um, I really like the song. Uh, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, I agree with all like the you know nostalgia factor when it comes to the lyrics, and it's like a weird cross section between genres. Like, it's pop punk for sure, but like I don't know. I can't put my finger on like what the other half of it would be. Like, I think 
This song kind of reminds me of Boys of Summer by the Ataris. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I like the great I like the song a lot. Um, even though I lack the capability of describing what I am hearing. But you know. I totally agree with I the was, like I was also kind of trying to figure out what this sounds like and to me if indie pop punk was a thing, that's what this song this song would be in my mind is like indie pop punk. And then at the end there was like there was a little bit of like screaming and then at that point I was fully sold on on the song in general. I overall it, it was a pretty good song and now kind of talking about the message and the lyrics a little bit more, definitely overall I, I definitely like this one. Yeah, Kelly, uh, I think you nailed it there. Uh, indie pop punk. That's 100% what this is. Yeah, it just feels like... Just gives both. You like, it feels both. It, yeah, you feel feel both ways, which is like kind of odd to feel, but it felt... Yeah, because <laughs> it definitely has the mellow indie vibe, but then it's also just like, it's pop punk. It's undeniably yeah. pop punk. Right. <laughs> somehow. Somehow they did it. Masters of their craft. Just masters. And... Uh, other masters of their craft you know these are you know long-standing big name in the scene the offspring uh we're it's time to get into our track by track of let the bad times roll <laughs> Offspring is a metal punk band from Garden Grove, California that formed in 1984, aka seven years before any of us were born. <laughs> known, known for their precise pulsing chords and Dexter Holland's flat vocals, they continue to follow the indie rock tradition of the 80s. Some of the songs that helped propel their, them to fame were Pretty Fly, parentheses for a white guy, so you're gonna go far, kid, and the kids aren't all right. Let the Bad Times Roll is their 10th, 10th album that has been released in their 37 year career. And today we will pick it apart song by song in our track by track review. I feel like pick it apart's like really strong words, Brienne. Fair. <laughs> Ana- I mean, we'll see, I don't know. We might pick it apart, who knows? Cause we don't know. We don't see each other's notes beforehand. This is the, yeah, this things. is the one time where we don't show each other our notes ahead of time. Yeah. So to start off, uh, this is not Utopia kicks off the album. Um, and it definitely sets the tone, you know, talking about the state of the United States. The, the chorus is catchy as fuck, but, um, partially I think that was cause, um, every time it said the roots, the roots, I was like, the roof, the roof, oh my God, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. burn. <laughs> no, but seriously. And I was like, but you know what? That makes sense because the song's talking about our country that is is on fire. So you know what? Hey, that I related it in my head. It works. It works. <laughs> but no, it was it was a great song, and I I, I think uh, it you know lyrically it it really was um, a great opener. Like the line, and I wake up in the morning, news keeps flashing on my eyes. These dying streets are bruised and beaten, and riot flags are waving. Um, very relatable, very current. Um, and then brutality I can't unsee. These pictures are just burned into my mind. And, you know, something that is, I think, kind of unique to our generation and this time that we're living in is just seeing all the all this violence, um, these, you know, the police brutality and uh, during the riots and all the police, um, you know, 
killing uh, people of color, black people, Latinos. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it speaks to the state of everything. And it, it, we are definitely not living in the utopia that America is portrayed to be. Yeah, this is one of the songs where because of like the repetitiveness, repetitiveness of the lyrics and the chorus, I made sure to look up the lyrics because I kept hearing America over and over again. And then the song was obviously called This Is Not Utopia. And I was like, oh, this is this is going to be a political song. And yeah, it was. And I mean, just even the chorus, this is not utopia. The roots of America are the roots of hysteria. You don't matter anymore. Like, fuck. Um, on a pot, which I mean, it's a great fucking song. Like this, this is fucking charged. But before I realized what the words were saying, I was like, this song would have been on the 2021 release of Tony Hawk Pro Skateboarder. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, musically, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that the argument can be made for a lot of songs on it, but this one, I was just like. Oh my god, especially the opening guitar riff, it reminds me of the I'm showing the world, like, the, one of the songs from the original game. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a great song, it's, it's nostalgia for, like, the tone of the music, and then the lyrics are definitely like, oh, this is, this is what we're going through now. It's almost cathartic, because it's like, okay, I'm not the only one feeling this way. Yeah, it was a really upbeat start, it definitely, you know, I think was foreshadowing of you know what's to come on this album being uh politically charged but um i mean it's just very punk (laughs) very just very punk uh i mean like to me this was like you know news and like the media is like running our country and causing all this hysteria and that's kind of like what i was was getting from the song but um you know, musically, it felt very Green Day-esque to me, and, like, having, like, those symbols that were, like, so fast that were almost, like, jittery, um, and things like that just kind of gave me a, felt a little, like, Green Day, but, um. Well, they both kind of grew up at the same time. uh, Right. Yeah, Yeah, but the thing is, like, now Green Day is completely different, and now, like, ten years later, The Offspring still sounds like old green day (laughs) (laughs) true all right next up on the album was let the bad times roll uh this was released as a single and we talked about it a while ago thanks to michelle's boyfriend yelling at us too (laughs) um this is the title track and the fact that the title track came up second on the album was a little interesting i think it's probably because we were so used to uh wake up sunshine being like kind of deep into the album rather than you know being like the second one usually it's like third or fourth or something like that being second i was a little bit taken off guard um anyways uh still love the song upbeat rocking out to it still everything that i said before still applies yeah definitely still a bop i have nothing bad to say about it and i think um you know what you said about it being the title track as the second track i think it's perfect where it is just because I think it's the perfect follow-up to This Is Not Utopia. Because um, it's just... Uh, Dexter Holland said of the song that they could have written a song called Trump is a Shithead. <laughs> but that would have been too easy. Um, there's more going on than just that. And I think that Let the Bad Times Roll kind of encapsulates that. And is like 
you know, more of, okay, this is what I talked about and this is not utopia. And now we're saying like, yeah, this shit is bad, but we got to keep rolling. And, you know, I've had this on repeat since we first talked about it. And I, um, I think I figured out what it is that I love about it so much because it's like pretty intense during the verses, like musically. And then during Mm. the chorus where it's saying, fuck it, let the bad times roll. It's upbeat with that kind of like acceptance of let's fucking enjoy the ride since everything's going to shit anyway. So it's uh, it it really lets you kind of um, that that acceptance of the bad times it it give it puts like a positive spin on it with the music and I I really liked that about it because then the other parts are just intense and it's you know maybe not negative is not the right word but kind of that vibe. Yeah, this one's an absolute banger, just a plus. I love everything about it, and I've been listening to it a lot since it came out. I've had it. I feel like I mean we've had it for like at least a month now and can confirm it feels really good to yell this song in the car and just like let go and i i totally agree it's like acceptance about yeah shit sucks let's just let's just let it roll um and i mean you you mentioned this mish obviously like a bunch of references to the trump administration in this one so two politically charged songs right in a row um definitely again sets up the rest of of the album too Track number three is Behind Your Walls. And this one is a little bit slower, more somber, I would say, than the previous songs. To me, it was, it felt like almost like some 41 in the old days kind of vibe. Um, lyrically, I liked it. It was like, to me, it was, you know, trying to understand and support someone that's like in pain or depressed or something like that, you know, trying to understand what's going on behind someone's walls. So I liked the, the message and like the, what was behind this song, but it, musically it was a little iffy for me. The chorus just felt kind of yelly and I, I wasn't super on board with it. So it's funny that you say that because, you know, you would think that the chorus would be the highlight in the song like this. But honestly, you know, the change up in the melody in the pre-chorus, I think that made the song all the better for me. Because I think, um, you know, talking about that kind of dark material, like, you know, understanding depression and um, all of that, I think the pre-chorus kind of captured that sadness, that fear, the worrying that a person has trying to understand a person that's struggling with depression and um you know i I thought it was a really great song um especially to like open up that conversation and help people struggling struggling to communicate with their loved ones about this topic because obviously it's not an easy thing and um so i thought it was i thought it was really well done maybe not one of my favorites on the album but definitely super well done and a good song in general yeah exactly what you guys said you took basically all of my points um the quiet tone of his voice beginning the song was like really nice um but yeah i it's it's a heavy topic you know what i mean like in like the metaphor behind your walls in general is you know i mean we've seen in other songs we've talked about it i have personally identified with this exact same kind of metaphor of like breaking down my walls and you know letting the real person shine through and it's it's hard and i think they did it justice i guess i don't know i feel like i don't know 
I, I thought it was a good song. Again, I agree with Michelle. It's not the best on the album, but it's definitely not the worst. So track number four on Let the Bad Times Roll is Army of One. And this song is, again, kind of sticking with those heavy tones of just kind of fighting through your struggles, right? You know, you're this army of one and fighting through. Um, so I, I really, you know, I musically the song is great like the intro guitar that was like this kind of like rock surf tune i, I want to say that's literally oh my gosh that's literally how i was going to describe it like california surf surf mm-hmm. punk yeah or something yeah and so that's I, I was totally for that and then you know the offspring in general they have some just really stellar guitar work and that is super present in this song so you know musically i have nothing bad to say about it and then just um i think you know up to this point in the album and even throughout like what is most uh what is most like impacting me is the themes and the stories and the lyrics and i think that's just what's winning in this album so far um yeah i think this one was i think i mean literally how i was going to describe it was like california surf punk (laughs) to me there was like something Something was, like, off when I was listening to it about the production. Like, the vocals were going, like, in and out or something. And I can't tell mm-hmm. if it was on purpose or not. And that got me a little distracted, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't really a super fan of this one. See, the... I, I just feel like this is, like, just, like, another bop on this album. Like, the guitar opening of this song just fucking killed and it just like made it for me like it's it's hard to say because obviously the offspring isn't a type of band that i would normally listen to on a day-to-day basis but like in the context of this album of you know listening to it from front to back it's it's very on brand like i don't know i i really liked it it was just it just it, it hit in all the spots that i feel like the offspring needs to hit because you know they've got such a distinct sound that makes sense i don't know i'm just rambling at this point anywho um next song up on the album is breaking these bones and we went from on the previous song to like i was just like in love with the guitar and this one the drums come in and like they fucking hit hard and, like, I feel like The Offspring are really good at knowing how to do an intro without it dragging on forever. Like, it keeps you interested just long enough, and then right as you're like, well, when is the song gonna... And it starts. Like, they, I feel like they time it really well. Um, they also have this really impressive way of, like, timing the cadence of their lyrics, so that way you keep your head nodding along to the song. Like, I feel like they have, like, such a... Like, I don't know, it's like can't think of the word like rather than it being like a sing-songy way because obviously lead singer has a very like we said flat song like uh, vocals he's not gonna be going for the crazy high notes and all this stuff so i feel like the cadence of his singing is almost just as important as his actual voice and i i just thought it was it kept me interested and the bass line in the second half of this song holy shit so good i was a fan yeah it is quintessential offspring here like particularly in that chorus it's just 
it's just so good and i think like you know brie kind of nailed it there in the way the vocals go um you know dexter holland's pretty consistent in his range like you know he doesn't like kind of try to overdo it and and do more than he's capable so you know the way he kind of sings is super important and you know it, it makes these songs and and then again you know just um the 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 topics in these songs are just killer like uh you know the the line grief is the weight breaking these bones is um really resonated with me and i was like and uh it's it's definitely in theme with you know let the bad times roll like you know i'm singing this song we're kind of working through this we're letting the bad times roll you know we're dealing with it and we're moving forward i (laughs) (laughs) like honestly guys you know how much i like hate to dislike songs because i just like don't like say bad things i i just like don't bring the fire kelly what bring bring the fire we want to hear it well like that's the thing though i don't have fire because i don't think these are bad songs i just like it's it's just you personally can't it's just like to me like you said quintessential offspring and i agree but to me it's to the point where it's like almost stale and getting monotonous like this feels like exactly like something they released 10 years ago and like we talk about all the time like all these bands are getting all this shit for like evolving and changing their sound and they didn't frankly like they sound like to me the same band that you know that they were 10 years ago and like every song so far while like you know some of the some of the tempos are different you know it sounds like the same song over and over to me which is like where i'm running into this whole mental conundrum so i agree and disagree at the same time because i agree that it does eventually give it like two or three more songs uh it does get fucking monotonous like by the end of this album i want to blow my brains out but I think that they've changed enough where it seems a little bit different. Like, I feel like they've got way more of a, like, a jazzy feel to their songs now versus before it was a lot more, like, just punk. Now, there's an argument to be made that it hasn't changed that much, but I, for me, I don't listen to that. I never really listen to them that much other than, like, maybe a song or two. So I do agree that, you know, it sucks that we give shit to people who change and then we're not like we're kind of praising the fact that they haven't changed, but and just just give it a couple songs, Kelly, and I'll I'll, I'll be singing the same tune. So I mean, I, I, I at some point in this album, I do feel that same way, but I there is a mitigating factor for me that I will get into later on. Um, so I also agree disagree with you on that. Um, but yeah, okay. So I'm not crazy. I just no. it just hit me sooner. Yes. Um, but okay so song number six is coming for you and this one so so far on the album i'm a fan of coming for you and let the bad times roll these are my two favorite songs so far um i found out this came out in 2015 i did not realize that (laughs) i did not know that but i really liked this one i think the clapping and the intro and the bass was more defined in this song 
the it's just like feels more like a punk rock anthem and it's just more musically on point for me um i love um how do i describe this when the guitar riffs match up to the melody of the singing like it does at the end of the chorus when they say when they keep coming for you like when the the guitar riff matches like the melody of of the lyrics i i love that and i feel like that's a very pop punk thing and i just that was one thing that definitely like kept me going back to listen to this one so kelly it's funny that you that this is like your favorite because um after let the bad times roll after let the bad times roll right yeah but so because um you know all the things you described like i totally agree with and all of the music it still very much feels like a it makes the song still feel very much a part of the album which is funny because you don't you're not really a huge fan of the rest of the album and it's it's just weird to me that for this album just feels this um this song feels so much a part of the album when it was released in 2015 because um you know at the time like they were uh like you know people apparently like it was a big thing like everyone was just releasing singles instead of like releasing albums so they did that but they're like ah you know instead of just continuing to like release singles like everybody's doing let's hold on this let's they released it but then let's hold it and we'll put it as part of the album so that's kind of where that came off so that's why it's like kind of weird that this song came out in 2015 and it's part of this album that's coming out in 2021 um but yeah i mean it's 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 a great song and uh i just have to say i loved the little bridge part like what's up fuck you up part (laughs) fucking love that of of course i would but of course i did not realize that this was like a song in 2015 because i was just like this is great and like it is I feel like this is actually now proving my point earlier about how, like, they have changed a little bit since back in the day because this song, I can definitely pick out, is different from all the other songs in the album. It's definitely a lot more pop punk versus the rest of them are a lot more, like, jazzy vibes. I will say that, like, listening to it, the opening of this song was, like, absolutely perfect for a sports movie. Or. <laughs> oh, I could see that. It was, like, like the, the hey, clapping. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then, I can see it, yeah. Or dare I say another Tony Hawk Pro Skater song. I don't know. Maybe I'm just obsessed. Probably. Uh, but the gang vocals on the Hey Hey was amazing. Uh, the shout out to Donkey Kong is always appreciated. Uh, so I'm here for it. I was a fan. Oh, you know what's really funny about that Donkey Kong line mm-hmm. is that um, apparently, like, I, I forget which song it was, but, like, fans had, like, uh, misheard a, a lyric yeah. in one of their songs called that said dog eat dog and they thought it was donkey kong so that's like a that's why they added that. it nice yeah that's like a fan service thing i thought it was really cool i appreciate yeah, it that's their song genocide yeah that's the one all right so track number seven we never have sex anymore and this was the most recent single that was released and i still love it and i still love the horns uh, but, you know, now that we've kind of gone through a good chunk of the album, it feels weird here. Uh, you know, not that they can't write a song about relationships, but with this kind of, like, big picture view of the, like, the let the bad times roll theme, it, it just really seemed out of place. I still love it, but it was out of place. I like this. I could not agree more. Like, this is a good single. I liked the single and it was like, ooh, jazz, this is fun. There's horns. I love it. And then it feels 
so so like the most out of place than that I've heard a song I think just shoved in an album like you're talking about like our country is in hysteria like fuck the Trump administration let the bad times roll like let's get break down your walls of depression and let's you know grief is breaking these bones and then but also I'm not having sex anymore yeah like Like, what um, (laughs) I can't I literally just physically can't process that and this should have been a standalone single and not on this album in my opinion completely agree so I didn't really think about it in that kind of context. Now, if you guys are saying it, I agree. Like, I just thought it was a little bit more, like, you know, like, Coming For You was a little bit more pop-punky, so I figured they were trying to, like, pull it back into, like, their newer stuff and whatever, and it didn't even, like, occur to me to think about, like, the context behind the words and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I now that you say that, that's definitely true. But uh, on the actual song itself, uh, still stands up pretty much as well with, what I had said earlier about it in a pre- the previous episodes, um, I am still dying on the hill that it reminds me of the Princess and the Frog uh, song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I was a fan. On to the next one, which was not a, I was not a fan. I was a fan, but I wasn't a fan. I was a fan, but I wasn't a fan. Mainly because, so in the Hall of the Mountain King, this song was the biggest tease on the face of the motherfucking planet. So it's an interlude. And hearing that guitar start up, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And then it just kept continuing and getting quicker. And I was like, the fuck? And I look and it's like only like a minute long. And I was like, god damn it. I was so mad when I found out it was an interlude. I was like, all I needed was that first like one or two repetitions of the dun 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 dun, whatever and then go and changing into something similar and going into an actual song i was so fucking disappointed it just gave me yeah i had this say almost the same reaction mine was more positive because like i saw the title i was like oh cool reference and i thought it was gonna be like an actual song like you and then you know then this little like instrumental interlude came on and you know maybe um little is probably the wrong descriptor because that this rendition is explosive um i I wish you guys could have all seen my face because like i said at first i thought they were sampling it to start a song so i was like oh okay and then when i realized they were just doing like a punk version of in the hall of mount of the mountain king um you should see me i like the when i kept realizing it just kept speeding up speeding up speeding up i was just like what it was like confusion confusion joy fear excitement i was literally all over the place um i still don't know why that song is there it's a very weird interlude i agree but i loved it i love i was because i i just felt rage no i'm not rage like just adrenaline let's go i'm all about this yeah i i liked the first 30 seconds of it (laughs) well that's half the song kelly (laughs) <laughs> I like the first like first run through of it and then when they started speeding up I wish they had not have had done that <laughs> um but I mean it's like it's cool like obviously it's a so in the hall of the mountain king for anyone that doesn't know is like classical composition like what in the 1800s or something um yeah like 1830s I want to say something like that. that but so it's a punk 
like guitar version of that classical composition and like I love the idea of it and I love the first 30 seconds of it but I just uh, I did not like it sped up I don't know I wish that if it, it I don't know I agree though I don't know if it like how it fits into this album I was like I, I don't know I don't know what to feel it's not bad that's why I was very I much just, like just this needed odd. to <laughs> And that's why I was like, this needs to evolve into a song. And after the second time that it kept going, sick. I was like, fuck, okay, this is not what I was expecting. And I'm very sad now. That's why I was yeah. so disappointed by it. I agree. I do think if they, like, uh, if they sampled it for a song, I think I would have liked that a lot better. That's honestly but... where I thought it was going. And I was just like, fuck yeah. yeah, let's do this. And then it just kept going and going. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I definitely would have liked that better. But I, I enjoyed the fuck out of this. It, it was weird. I, did, I don't understand why it's there. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. On to number nine, The Opioid Diaries. And we've got another politically charged song about the opioid crisis in America. And... um. I don't know, like musically, I'm t- I'm torn again because <laughs> I feel like it's good. This is the battle I'm having in my head because I feel like these songs are good, but it also just feels like every Offspring song that exists. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So this is where I I didn't get tired of it because, uh, like you said, I think most of this album, with the exception of like we never have sex anymore, is very much the offspring so if it wasn't for the lyrics i feel like it would be very stale because um, that's that is what is what saved this album for me like I, I i love all the music but it's all very similar yeah on the other hand the topics they're tackling they are what's mesmerizing about this album like this song about addiction just you know has a different take on how a lot of people view addicts it, it humanizes them as as mm-hmm. they should be humanized because like the song says because they're not junkies like the news guy said they're just kids who've gotten over their heads big pharma hooked them in the first place and i think it uh it tells a different it tells a good story here and i think that's and i think that's maybe what the music is trying to do right um it's trying to get us to focus on the story like the music undeniably good but because it's so similar we do have to tune into what the song is actually saying versus the music yeah this one this one hit hard like lyrically like i know a couple people who you know struggled with addiction and whatnot and this one just this one hit me like a mac truck and i mean it's it's such an accurate depiction of how fucked our country is and how we treat addicts and how we focus on, you know, more of just, like, the bad side rather than, like, these people need help, you know? Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, it just, it just fucked me up. But I will say that the, musically, the gang vocals are pretty cool. They never, were. I did never enjoy dis- those. You never dislike a gang vocal, but... This mm-hmm. isn't what this it wasn't my breaking point, but I'm like, ooh, it's starting to bend. This is where my my patience mm. is starting to bend. So that's interesting, Brie, because this is where um, I started to bend, right? But um, 
then throughout the rest of the album, I'm like, okay, this is actually much different. Like Hassan Chop, which is track number 10. Um, I, I feel like I have to eat my words about it being mu- so similar musically. Um, Cause yeah, it's still very much offspring vibes, but it's very different from the rest of the offspring vibes we get. Cause this is a lot more hardcore. It's a lot more mosh um, worthy, you know? Um, it's very intense, which makes sense. Right. Because it's about all the issues in the Middle East and all the wars that, you know, are fought because of religion and the violence that stems from this, you know, fervent belief that my God's better than your God. Um, and, you know, it, that energy is is right. And like I said, it's it's definitely like a mosh song because of the intensity and, you know, because there's that that underlying tone of violence. Right. And um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. This one, they finally switched it up a little bit. It's more grungy, like more grungy punk with the, like he does the fast spoken-ish lyrics and the verses and like the super urgent drums and guitars. And um, so musically, I liked this one. It definitely changed the pace a little bit, which um, like we've been talking about has been getting a little bit you know, monotonous. Um, but, you know, for I think another thing that's getting me with this album is there's just, like, so much content. It's, like, uh, so obviously it's been it's almost 10 years. Content, it's it, a lot of deep. Yeah, well, it's, like, ob- so obviously it's been nine, like, almost a decade since they've released any music. So you know, a lot has happened in the last 10 years. And they're trying to cover a lot of ground but like you look at this album top to bottom and it's like all right america's falling apart fuck the administration we gotta deal with depression and grief and the opioid crisis and isis and religious wars and like it's all just right there and i feel like they just spread this too thin and like for me i feel like it would have hit harder and if there was more if it was more like, uh, I don't know the right word. Cons- Cons- I don't, I, you were about to say concise and that was like kind of what was in my head, but I did, that's also not the right word. I don't well, know. Kelly, so I think, I think that's the point though, right? Cause with so much content, you, ca- you, you kind of feel exhausted, right? And I think, you know, the fact is that this is all going on and this is all that everything that a lot of people have to deal with every day and it is exhausting in real life so having like you know i think the three of us are lucky enough to be privileged that we don't have to think about this if we don't want to mm-hmm. and um some people don't have that privilege and so listening to to something as simple as you know a, a punk album that talks about all these things and that exhausts you it like it, it kind of gives you um perspective right and so I I get what you're saying and I think you know maybe it does dilute the message talking about so many things but I think also it does kind of try to drive that point home like yeah this all let all these bad times roll like fuck there's so much shit going on you know I honestly I hope that's what they were going for I do (laughs) (laughs) because that makes it that makes it a much better album in my eyes than just like boiling the ocean you know, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. So this is where my bends became a break. <laughs> I did not like this song whatsoever. 
The opening was rough as fuck. Like, the drums and everything. It was just so intense. I couldn't understand what was happening. And, like, completely honestly, I didn't look up the lyrics. And it makes sense now based on, like, the content of the song. But, like, going into it, I was just like, this isn't enjoyable. It's just... It, it, I felt like my mom when she used to listen to like listen to me listening to music and like this is just noise this isn't actually music like it just was so aggressive the choruses were cool like I was bopping along and whatnot but like the aggressive guitar and like the screaming singing whatever the hell he was doing was just so competitive that I couldn't focus on one or the other and, like, maybe it's the album fatigue. Maybe it's the fact that, like... And, yes, I agree. This is very different from the rest of the album. So it was, like, a nice change. But at the same time, I personally didn't find it enjoyable. So it wasn't necessarily a good break. I think mm-hmm. this was just where I was at that point where I'm just like, I I can't. Over it. I, I want this album to be over, yeah. Which brings us to the next song on the album, song 11. Uh, Gone Away. I mean, completely honest, I don't have a ton of notes on this one, mainly because I spent the entire fucking time listening to this song of, like, what does this sound like? What does it sound like? And I just kept sitting there, sitting there, and staring at my computer, and, like, I kept having the pause. Oh, no, I figured it out eventually. (laughs) I sat there and kept pausing the song and playing it back. I'm like, no, no, no. And I was, like, singing the parts in my head that matched up in my head. And what I came to the conclusion of, to be fair, I don't know if you guys are actually going to agree with me, but it reminded me of Mad World. That was what I said! (laughs) Familiar faces. Yeah, it's it's like a less haunting version of the Mad Mad World by Gary Jules. Yes. So, uh, I, I liked it. I feel like it needed to be higher up on the album because everything was so aggressive and so high energy and you know like we always look for those relief points halfway through the album and the fact that this is base it's basically the last song because spoiler alert the last one's like this weird outro but i feel like this needed to be higher up in the album to give us a little bit of relief and maybe i wouldn't have felt that album fatigue in song 10 so this is a a stripped down piano version of one of their previous hits i don't know i did not know that yeah, so this Gone Away was um, one of their hits in 1997. Ah. Um, and so this version, this like stripped down piano version, is the way that they do it live. Um, oh, and it cool. is to slow down those moments. It is for those yeah. breaks in the set. Yeah, so I this is another one that I, I did really like. I thought it was, you could like really hear more emotion and passion behind mm-hmm. this one. Um, it, I... I really enjoyed this one, and I think, again, like, it's one of the few that are, like, sound different (laughs) on this album, so that was also a plus for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, after I found out that this was, because, I mean, as we've said, we like The Offspring, but we were never a huge fan, so I didn't know this song beforehand. So when I listened to this one, then I listened to the original, I'm like, I like this so much better. It just, like you said, Kelly it's just more emotional and it brings more it's like it's very beautiful this way and I a thousand percent prefer this version um and you know even though I loved it I once again kind of felt like it doesn't fit in the album because of the subject matter 
you know, because um, this was kind of very personal, right? But compared to those song, the other songs that, you know, they're high level society's fucked kind of songs because, you know, politicians suck, mental health struggles are out of control and there's little help out there. And then, you know, there's too many people getting addicted to drugs because capitalism, uh, this this just didn't fit in there. Right. Because that's society level. That's the the collective. This is more of an individual. It, regardless, it's a beautiful song. I loved it. Um, and. I, I totally see why they play it like this live. Yeah, I totally agree. It it did feel like a little bit of an afterthought, like putting it on here, especially since they've been yeah doing it this way live for a while. It's Ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like they just decided to throw it on here to end the album. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then, so the final song is called Lullaby. It's pretty much just a short outro. I've got, I don't know. No notes, but not uh, in a good way. I don't know. So I, uh, I actually loved this like little let the bad times roll reprise, because, um, uh, you know, I I know it's the end of the album and it's meant to be this kind of dramatic fade out to take us out and remind us, hey, don't you forget, let let the bad times roll. But you know, honestly, I would kind of want them to open with this at a live show before like diving into the actual song i thought it was like kind of like a cool little slow start and then you could get into like actually let the bad times roll um but i thought it was um just like a it it, a fucking phenomenal little like little full circle kind of thing like a little bookend yeah exactly i appreciate that they gave us an outro but i will say the distortion on the audio just it just gave me a headache. Oh, like, I loved it. I hated it. Like, I it just, it, it, it's not even, like, a stylistic choice. Like, it just physically made my head hurt. Like, that's not mm. even, like, me being like, oh, it's just bad. No, like, I had a physiological reaction where I'm just like, I just need to go <laughs> lay down and put, like, something on my head. It was, maybe that's just because I'm old. I don't know. But I was not a fan. Um... But fun fact, uh, Spotify felt the need to autoplay uh, Almost by Bowling for Soup right afterwards, and I feel like that is a weird transition from the offspring <laughs> to Bowling for Soup. So I feel like the algorithms need to like get their shit together, but that's just me. So we had a lot of mixed feelings about this album, but overall, you know, despite the flaws, I think it, we, we had very positive reactions because you know there were definitely was some repetitiveness staleness if you want to call it in the music but for me i didn't feel it um like i have in other albums because lyrically i thought it was spectacular and brie i know you disagree i thought it very it ended very strong with hassan chop and gone away um you know uh, with all the chaos in the world as much as this kind of addresses that it also felt like a reprieve because um i think i you know i said it at one point earlier on like it, it felt cathartic you know it's it's i'm not alone other people are dealing with this um you know exhaustion at this shit state of the united states of the world and um you know i i think uh i think it was a really great album so I gave it a B plus. So obviously, 
you know, I've listened to The Offspring, but I, you know, I've only listened to a couple of their popular songs. Um, I, mean, I was never one of those people who would listen to their entire album. Um, I I go back and forth because the first couple songs on the album, because I, I kind of split my time listening to this, not on purpose, but because I had stuff to do. So the first half of the album, I was like, fuck yes, let's do this great song after song, banger on banger on banger. And then, you know, the second half, I was like, okay, let's let's see what they do with the back half. And it just kind of kept going, kept being the same. And I'm just talking musically. Lyrically, I agree. I love the fact that they tackled all these big, you know, things. But I feel like where I differ, Mish, is that you were very much set on, like, the songs that didn't tackle those big topics felt out of place. And... I, I've, I agree that the, you know, we never have sex anymore feels super out of place. But I don't necessarily need every single song to, like, tackle old world peace or world hunger or, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, and that's and that's why I think I, I still rated it highly, even though those songs didn't fit for me, just because they were still great songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I could break this album up into two halves, I'd probably get a higher grade. But right now, I think I'm going to go with a C, solid C. It's average. Yeah. I had a, a little bit of a tough time with this one. Um, I just, to me, it was a lot of the same. Um, obviously not, not message-wise, but I think, I mean... They're definitely, like, unapologetic and really good at, like, contrasting serious lyrics with upbeat punk rock music. Like, the, they've always been really good at that, and they're continuing to be really good at that. Um, but to me, there was, like, just something was off, something was missing. There was, there was really only two songs that, like, I like a lot and will continue listening to like let the bad times roll is an absolute banger and I have been jamming to it for weeks and will continue to jam to it um that's it's a it's just a banger and coming for you I also really liked and will probably keep listening to as well so but for me those were the only two songs that like I would probably like keep listening to so it's like a tough rating for me. I want to go crawl into a hole. Um, <laughs> I like a C minus for me. I don't know. Oh wow, that's. I mean, I only wow. like two songs. Like that's tough. That's true. That is fair. Okay, well, that would be a C plus that we give them, which, in the grand scheme of things, honestly, not, not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think it's, this song, this album's just a matter of taste, right? It's, uh, because I think we can say it was a good album, but it's just our preferences that really kind of gave the grades here. Um, So definitely worth a listen, especially the singles, which were phenomenal. Um, And, you know, we'll see what else we hear from The Offspring in the future. And uh, hopefully, you know, when touring comes back, we can go see them live, because... I've never actually seen The Offspring live, and I would love to. Same. Yep. But until then, follow us on Facebook, 
and Instagram at the Mosh Pit Pod. And hashtag Mosh on. <laughs>